0: Our scripture that was read earlier came from the gospel according to Dr. Luke. It was found in the second chapter in the 8th through the 12th verse. And I want to read it a little bit more than, I want to begin at the first verse. It begins this way, reading from the New American Standard version of the Bible. It said, now in those days, who was engaged to him, and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Picking up verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I'm going to continue to verse 13. And suddenly... There appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them." Much of the Bible, is written in what we call narrative form. What this means is that the Bible uses the power of stories to convey messages that are able to shape the values, ideals, and convictions of peoples and nations across all generations. One of the reasons why stories are so powerful is because they have a way of bypassing people's defenses and getting straight to the heart of their hearer's deepest emotions and beliefs. I have often been told that I'm a good storyteller. And as I've thought about this, it occurred to me that what I have really been successful at doing is nothing more than reflecting on my own challenges, my own life experiences, how I have overcome in my life, and that when I talk about it, my whole body radiates my story. In essence, I have literally become my message. And when I am my message, people are moved at the deepest levels. I've often said into this church, I cannot preach what I don't believe myself. Well, come on, preacher. But the truth is, as it relates to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm. what really grabs the heart is when we hear how God stepped into the regularness of everyday life, infuses it with his Power and produces a testimony to his greatness this is what it means when the word became flesh and dwelt among us it's a story that God wants to tell and he embodies the story itself in himself the word the story it radiates his goodness and that's the essence of a storyteller, being able to tell you something that their whole body is actually living and expressing what it is that they say they actually believe. Tell it, sir. Tell it. This is the testimony that has been shaping generations ever since those shepherds shared what they had seen and heard on that night. Mm-hmm. So for today's message, I would like to tell you a little bit of their story. Now, considering the season we're in, I saw it most fitting to title this message, The Christmas Story. The people who are gifted at telling stories, we call them authors or storytellers. They're able to write with such precision and to use language in such a way that what they are telling you, even if it is fiction, it has an element of believability that compels you into thinking that what they write is true. But more than that, whether it is fact or fiction, stay with me, church, they are able to embed you into the story in a way that you can actually see yourself in it. Yes. When a storyteller is able to make you see yourself in the story, they have captured your deepest imagination. Amen. This is the reason why I get excited when I read in the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, when Jesus said these words, when it said, Looking unto Jesus, the author And the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god now i said it that way because what i want you to see is i want you to almost feel the power and the majesty of jesus the author and the finisher Of our faith. In other words, Jesus is the mastermind. He conceived it. He created it. He developed it. And best of all, not only did he perfect it, he lived it. Jesus is the perfecter of faith. Therefore, we must pay very close attention to how he tells his story, not history, but his story. And now, before we do that, though, we need to understand something called the back story. You see, before you can understand his story, you need to understand the back story. So let's see if we can, you see, the back story, it it, it is that thing that allows you to to be more connected to the characters and the circumstances in the story. You all know what I'm talking about. The, The stories don't mean anything if you don't know what took place prior. You need the backstory in order to be able to appreciate the current story. So Jesus in this book is telling us his story. And we must be careful that we not only look at it as history, but it's his story. And he is the master story teller. So, so, so let's see if we can figure out a little bit of the back story before we get to his story. In the book of Genesis, the third chapter and the 15th verses, we find these words recorded. God said after the woman and the man had sinned. God said, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. Between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Here we see that this child of prophecy would be born of the seed of a woman. Now this is important because, as you and I well know, women don't carry seeds. So how is it even possible that God is telling them that the seed of the woman? What this means, therefore, is God was actually in the beginning of Genesis telling us that this child would be born of a virgin. That was what he was actually explaining back then. But you didn't really get it because we were still in the backstory. So we move all a little along, we move on a little bit, and we get to the book of Isaiah. Yeah. And in Isaiah, the seventh chapter and the 14th verse, this is the words that we find. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, that's Isaiah making it clear in the back story. But we got to keep moving through the backstory. story. Yeah. So we get to Micah, the fifth chapter and the second verse. And Micah says, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you, Shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So right away we see that this is telling us where this virgin birth child is to be born. In a place called Bethlehem. Now now Isaiah gave us more clues. Brothers and sisters, I'm still in the backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah gave us more clues. He said, there shall come forth. A rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now, if you don't know your Bible, what you need to know is that Jesse is the father of David. So, 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 so we're getting clues in the backstory. But not to be outdone, the weeping prophet Jeremiah says, I got something to say. So in Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter, in the verse, fifth verse, Jeremiah says this, Behold, the days are coming. Yes. says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and yes. execute judgment and righteousness in the land. Now, I went through all of that because mm-hmm. it's the back story. Yes, so when you understand all of what I've just said, mm-hmm. you can now read the current story. Yes, sir. Here's what it says. Luke now picks up the baton. because he was of the house of the family of David, clue number two, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. Now watch this. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You see the backstory aligned with the current story you see jesus is the master storyteller he knows how to put it all together he would not leave you wondering what does all this mean he said listen if you want to know what's going on now look to the back story and then you will be able to understand the current story listen there is nothing new under the sun god is the same yesterday today and forever and he has the true back story You see, if you don't believe me, he actually says this in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. He says, listen, let me make it clear. I just told you that when a storyteller wants to really tell the story, he has a way of making sure that he embodies this message. And so Jesus says in the book of Hebrews, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. In other words, he is the story. He is the book. He is the word made flesh that has dwelt now among us. So, so so Jesus as the master storyteller gives us the backstory. He is the one that was foretold to come. He is the one that would set the captives free. This is all he's telling us. The one that would free us from sin. The one that would give us life and give it to us more. Abundantly. He is the one that would save Israel. The one that would make all things new. And he is that one. The Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last. The beginning and the end. And what I'm telling you is that all things begin and end with Jesus. Uh Now I went through all of that. All of that just to get to our scripture for today. You see, in the eighth verse, it said, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened, the text tells us. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today, today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of it yet. I want to make sure I make a point. You see, now that we've got the backstory. We don't want to miss the significance of this story. Of all the great prophecies found in the backstory of the Old Testament, of all the great people of renown, kings and queens, of all the great conquerors and builders of civilization, of all the great high priests and the magi and the sages, of all the rulers and the Caesars and the great men and women of history, I find it remarkable that the pronouncement of so great a message a message of such cosmic implications, such global impact would be left up to shepherds who were out watching their flocks by night. I find that strange. You see, shepherds are mentioned dozens of times throughout the Bible. From the first book, from the first book, Genesis, to the last, which we know as Revelation, great men, even such as Abraham and Moses and David, were shepherds. The, the, The psalmist David beautifully expresses the responsibilities and concerns of a good shepherd people. And David says it himself, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, we romanticize shepherds when we read the Bible. Yes, we do. You see, we see them caring for the beautiful little sheep. But this was hard work. They had to fleece them, they had to graze them, and for days on end, shepherds would have to work and sometimes sleep outdoors. Allowing their flocks to graze on some kind of a green pasture that they may find, especially as they search during the dry and the hot seasons. You see, they even had to guard their sheep at night because you know there are predators that were coming to try to take and to prey on the sheep. At times, a shepherd even might shelter his flock overnight in a cave. Why? Because they had to be protected from the jackals and the hyenas, not to mention even the weather, the rain, and the hay. They had all of these sheep that just bad so needy, wanting so much, and they itching, and they scratching, and they dirty, and they foul. These shepherds were not clean people. Well. They had to keep count of the sheep yes, sir. and find brooks for the sheep to give them water to drink and to guard them day and night. But you also need to know that shepherds didn't only care for sheep. They also cared for goats. And if you know anything about goats, goats are not as friendly as sheep. As a matter of fact, God himself says, listen, in your churches, you got sheep and you got goats. And he wouldn't be making a distinction if they were all the same. And while you may treat gentle little lamb one way, Billy, you can't treat the same way. So we got to be careful to understand that the shepherds, they had a tremendous job. And, and, and what, the thing that I want you to understand is that being a shepherd, it was a low job. It wasn't something that you would consider something that you would aspire to. You're not going to go to Harvard or to Oxford or to Princeton to become a shepherd. Not going to happen. So, so the reason I'm going here is the fact that they were not celebrated people. And they certainly were not on the guest list at the cocktail party at the White House. Mm. All right. They were everyday people Amen. doing a job that no one wanted to do. Mm. To make it more contemporary, brothers and sisters, and to make you understand what I am really talking about when I talk about this Christmas story, is that they were the dishwashers in our restaurants. Mm. The people who would mow our lawns, change the bed sheets in hotels, take out the garbage at our favorite pizzerias, the ones who would make the deliveries, folks who would tend to the many needs of the elderly in nursing homes and hospitals, Teachers who would have to sometimes act as co-parents because of the needs of children who are neglected by their very own parents. These, are the, 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 these were the waitresses and the waiters, the barbers and the salon workers, the one who does your eyebrow and your nails and, and all of these things. And dare I say, dare I say, they were the immigrants seeking a better way of life. These are the shepherds of today. And as wonderful and as miraculous as the message of the birth of the Christ child is, I cannot get over the fact that the heavens would open up and to reveal the majesty of angels in all their celestial glory to pronounce the greatest news of all news to shepherds out in the field watching their flocks by night. In fact, the text even goes so far as to say, the angel of the Lord appeared suddenly. Then the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Then the angel of the Lord gave them the good news. And then the text again says, suddenly a multitude of the chorus of the angels appeared praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. See, this is the part of the Christmas story yeah. that makes me most hopeful and which brings me the tremendous joy that I am trying to explain to you that shepherds yeah. who were considered at that time a people involved in one of the lowest forms of vocation, of making a living, people who know what aspired to being were the ones that God chose to tell his story you see you see they were the first witnesses of the miraculous birth That Israel has been waiting for for almost 1,400 years. From the time of Adam and Eve. From the time they sinned in the Garden of Eden. Through the travels of Moses and Joshua. and, and, And the conquest of the judges. The rise of the major and the minor prophets. Through the last prophet, Malachi. I am telling you that these shepherds watching their flocks by night were the first to get the good news. God stepped out into the regular of everyday life and infused it with his power and, resp- and produced a testimony of his greatness. You see, this story has been passed on, brothers and sisters, from generation through generation and it began with those shepherds. And it is that same story that is being told today from shepherds like you and me. You see, the Christmas story is really the good news that, that no matter what your station is in life, mm-hmm. no matter how low, how low you may feel in society, No matter how rejected or abandoned you may feel even right now. No matter how limited you think your educational level may be. No matter how disenfranchised or demoralized or dejected you may feel. No matter how estranged you are even right now from your family. My brothers and my sisters. On this Christmas Sunday in 2018, hear me clearly do not be afraid for behold i bring you good news of great joy which will be for all people for today in the city of david there has been born for you a savior who is christ the lord and i join with the chorus Of angels and the multitudes of heavenly hosts. And I say to you, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill to all men and to whom He is well pleased. I am only telling you the same good news as a shepherd yeah. keeping watch over this flock by night and by day through prayers through supplications good news he came you don't have to wait another 1400 years he is here right Christmas story yes. that's the good news yes. that you too yes. will find hope yes. you too yes. will find life yes. no matter what it looks like even if you're on the backside of a mountain yes. and so I close by saying my hope yes. is that for this Christmas season yes beyond the family time and the exchanging of gifts and the presents that you will take the time out to be a real shepherd of God and to give someone that good news that I just shared with you. Be that shepherd in someone's life. Share that good news and that's the greatest gift that you could ever give to any person. Yes, the presents are nice. Yes, the gifts are wonderful. But can you imagine giving someone the gift of eternal life? This is the Christmas story. And and I tell you, when I read these texts, I just get excited for God. Because in the text it said this. (laughs) When the angels had gone away from them into heaven... shepherds me and you me and you began saying to one another let's go straight to Bethlehem then the house of bread because you see Bethlehem means house of bread so therefore when you come to the house of bread the bread of heaven will feed us until we want no more Then, then 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 and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has been made known to us. You've got the word. So they came in a hurry and and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, watch this, they made known the statement which had been told them about the child. You see, when you get this message, you got to share it with somebody else. But then verse 20, which closes the story, you see, Jesus is telling us his story. He says the shepherds went back. They left glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just has been what? Told them. The Christmas story, brothers and sisters, is not just about the baby and the presents and the tree and the gifts and all of that. Christmas story hear me clearly is about your testimony you have been through some things you have seen some things you really shouldn't be here right now many of you should have been taken a long time ago your testimony each of you you've got one with my testimony all of us together are creating His story, because His story will not be complete until every single testimony has been accounted for. And so Sunday after Sunday, we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And the only thing I tell you to do is what? Just believe. believe. Because listen, what you are experiencing today, you're not going to experience tomorrow seasons change but the Lord our God wants your testimony and we want you to join with our testimony so that we can be a part of history amen amen that is the good news and I hope that you share that with someone this day amen amen